Good evening to you all. For those who do not know me, my name is Emmanuel. I'm a curate here. Exciting to have you all here this night and um, as we look at this promise fulfilled. It, it is for many of us uh, the most wonderful time of the year. Many believe that December is really the season to be jolly. It's that feeling of joy, warmth, and nostalgia people feel when the jingle bells start jingling. Yet, for others, the season brings back sad memories of loss, unfulfilled dreams, and disappointment. In the midst of our highs or lows, can we trust in the promise of his Savior? Let us pray. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This passage is a sermon itself delivered by Paul in that synagogue in Pisidian Antioch. And the theme, to me, seemed to concentrate really on God's promise of a savior being fulfilled in the coming of Jesus. And I trust that all of us listening to this will trust Jesus for all that Jesus brings to us as savior. Paul starts with God's saving grace in the Exodus. After reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders asked if Paul and Barnabas have any words of exhortation. That wasn't read to us, verse 15. So just giving you context. The audience was made up of Jews and Gentiles. Paul goes back in history to tell the, his, to tell the story of Israel being chosen by God Verse 17a, thank you. So, the God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors, that verse says. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. He chose and blessed Israel so they can become a special people who will love and serve him. In pursuit of his redemptive activity among the Jews, God led Israel out of Egypt. Verse 17b. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. As a shepherd, God led them out from a land where they were strangers or aliens, foreigners, exiles. And for about 40 years, we are told that he endured their conduct in the wilderness. Verse 18a. 
their conduct was the opposite of God's goodness to them. They were disobedient. They were grumbling and murmuring crowd. They were unfaithful and they were faithless. They were blind spiritually. Joshua chapter 5 verse 6 sums up it sums it, sums it up this way. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord has sworn to them that they would not see the land he has solemnly promised their ancestors to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. This inheritance fell to the younger generation who received the promise after seven nations were overthrown, verse 19. And Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1, helps us to understand which, which nations they, he, he, that was referring to. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are, you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites, the Gagashites, the Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. So they were sent out so that Israel could occupy the land. Paul moves from this point to, the, to what happened in the promised land, specifically speaking about David, king of Israel, as he emerges. The era of judges was turbulent, and King Saul's 40 years reign was similar in duration and in futility to the years of wandering in the wilderness. In David, however, verse 22b, slide six, God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. But David was not the savior because he was imperfect and sinful. Paul then passes from David to the son of David and shows that this Jesus is his promised descendant. Like other translations, we say the seed of David is the savior. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Verse 23. Brothers and sisters, as we reflect on the Lord's dealings with Israel and his church, we are reminded of his mercy and long-suffering and patience, endurance with people. And of course, we also are reminded that mankind is in, mankind's ingratitude and perverseness is 
unprecedented. Humanity is broken by the grip of sin. Thankfully, the cure for our sin is the reason why Christ has come. He took up human flesh and dwelt among us, perfect and without sin. He took up the cross to redeem us from death that we deserve. Through him, we become children of God, recipients of the new promise. And the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us, renewing our lives as he does so. We are not like those who perished in the wilderness under the old covenant. Trust Jesus for your salvation, for he is God's gift to you this Christmas. Lastly, Paul refers to the testimony of John the Baptist. John preached repentance and baptism, but more importantly, he bears witness to the one coming after him. Slide seven. As John was completing his work, he said, who do you suppose I am? I'm not the one you're looking for. But there is one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He is the one who takes away the sin of the world. And in John chapter 1 verse 29, John the Baptist refers to Jesus as the Lamb of God, alluding to Christ's crucifixion, which we know eventually did happen because he was a perfect Lamb. Our complete separation from sin is represented by our being buried with Christ. But he rose again from the dead and saw no corruption. Later at the communion table tonight, we shall receive the bread and the wine in remembrance of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Paul has made his case about Jesus from both ancient Jewish history and a more recent history of John the Baptist, the testimony of John the Baptist. He concludes his sermon with this, slide eight. Fellow children of Abraham, and you God-fearing gentles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. As Christians, we live temporarily as aliens. The Lord has prepared for us a final home. Dear brothers and sisters, Christ is the promise we have received and whose coming we celebrate at Christmas. So live as a pilgrim on earth. If Jesus lives in you, be a witness 
to the good news of salvation which comes only through him. And if there's anyone here who is yet to experience the saving grace of Jesus, can I encourage you to trust him now? For this promise is for you too. And for those who are in a difficult place emotionally, physically, and mentally at this time, and you, don't, and you do not feel able to celebrate, you do not feel that joy inside you, please do not give up. Christ feels your pain. He knows your agony. He sees your tears and he understands your emotions. And he's close to you than you realize. He will help you come through the struggles. Please trust him. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which is sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for the unbelievable gift of, this, of Jesus Christ this Christmas. And for each one of us here, you know where we are and you are able to meet us at those points of our needs. I pray, Lord, for each and everyone here tonight, Lord, that, Lord, there would be a new beginning for all of us here this night, going forward, that Christ will indeed take control of our lives in such a way that we've never experienced before.